On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, And he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your host, as always, Cody Felger. Joining me, friend of the show, Andrew Thomason, Stampede Blue. And Andrew, I wanted to talk about an article that you had recently posted, and I know that you're kind of a a friend of the show. You've been on the show over a year now, you know, kind of making guest appearances and stuff like that. Andrew, I wanted to talk about an article that you wrote for Stampede Blue. And again, I want you guys to be sure to to check that out on StampedBlue.com. Fantastic article by Andrew Thomason. And I wanted to look at that article and kind of just look and give your thoughts, since you were the author, on this rebuild that the Colts have done. Cause it's been a pretty remarkable rebuild. It hasn't been maybe necessarily the, you know, the, the typical rebuild that you think of because the Colts have gone a lot more different routes than a lot of different GMs in the league. But I want to start here, Andrew, where you kind of start off year 2016, right? The Colts had just finished uh, after finishing 11 and five in the last two years in 2016, they finished eight and eight, right? Average record missed the playoffs and, you know, Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton are really, at that point, the only core pieces, now looking at it now, that the Colts had at that time. And the rest of the team was completely, you know, messed up, right? There was no real guys that you felt like could contribute right away to this roster. Um, still, Ryan Grixon, Chuck Pagano were still GM head coach at that time. And uh, the Colts decided after that year to cut ties with the GM, Ryan Grixon, and they decided to bring in another guy. He had been the director of football operations for the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Ballard. And kind of walk me through, Andrew, because I feel like I'm just kind of talking about your your content here. Walk me through kind of Chris Ballard now is the guy in Indianapolis, right? He's a guy, his first press conference, what are some of the things that Chris Ballard really talked about you know, in his press conference. And now that we've seen after four years now, after this 2020 draft, four years of Chris Ballard building this team and building this roster, what are some of the things that you saw from Chris Ballard and heard from him in that introductory press conference in 2017? What are your takeaways here, Andrew, from Chris Ballard's introductory press conference? Yeah, I think you, you, you mentioned it briefly there, Cody. Um, Chris Ballard, obviously has, has done a fantastic job throughout the last four years. And that's something that I tried to highlight in this piece. Um, and I specifically started with his introductory press conference, which really stood out to me because at first when I went to write this piece, I didn't really know like the kind of angle that I wanted to write it at, uh, if that makes sense. And so I sort of thought, well, let me start with this introductory press conference and see if I can find anything from that that sort of stands out. Well, turns out that I found uh, a quote in there Um, back from 2016, that I ended up including in my article where um, he said, my vision for the Colts is simple. We're going to work together as an organization to build a winning culture that is competing for championships year in and year out. Um, And while we haven't necessarily been competing for championships year in and year out, 
I certainly think over the last four years, that's sort of what Ballard's been building towards, um, is to have a team that, unlike the Ryan Grigson and Chuck Logano era, can rely more on its overall structure uh, and capabilities rather than, as you mentioned at the beginning, just two star players, which at that point were Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hill. Yeah, and he knew, Chris Ballard said ahead of time, he said the locker room is very important, but you can't buy a locker room. And we have certainly seen that, Andrew, in Chris Ballard's approach. Yeah, he's dealt into free agency a little bit, especially more so this year. But overall, he has built his team through the draft the way that he's wanted to. And he's built a solid core of young talent. And now he's been able to sprinkle in a little more of, of free agents. What do you think kind of his what do you think overall, I guess, of his plan, which you say it required patience um, as you know, obviously he didn't address free agency as much. Right. You, you think of some of those bigger name free agents that the Colts were, quote unquote, interested in or they were in on. And the Colts ultimately ended up not really getting any of those guys. They, they got more second tier, third tier type of free agents and really opted to, to build through the draft. Walk me through, Andrew, kind of Chris Ballard's approach to not really building his team the way that he said, you know, we can't buy a locker room, not really building his team like that, but building his team through the draft. Well, it's definitely a unique strategy, Cody, because typically with most NFL teams, you see, especially those with a lot of money. And if you remember over the last several years, the Colts have had, and they've been in the top five in terms of cap money. um, And they haven't really spent it other than this past free agency with the trade for DeForest Buckner, giving him 20 plus million a year and several other guys as well. Um, They've paid, decent money too. But when you look at his overall strategy uh, compared to other NFL teams, as I said, it's quite unique because if you're relying solely on the draft to reconstruct your entire team to completely, you know, have a clean slate, get rid of whoever you need to get rid of from the past regime um, and bring in your own guys that you drafted and develop them as Colts, you have to be able to hit on a lot of your draft picks. And that's a hard, hard thing to do in the National Football League. I mean, you look at franchises in the NFL, Jacksonville, the Jets, and uh, are just a few that come to mind, that historically, other than maybe a few great players here and there, have been really, really bad at drafting. And Mm -hmm. what Chris Ballard has been able to do in the last three to four years has just been absolutely remarkable. It's, It's part of the reason why I came up with the title Remarkable Rebuild, because it is truly remarkable. As I mentioned in my article, he drafts in 2018 two all pros and Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard. I mean, that's ridiculous, Cody. That that's just that's unheard of. That that had there's a reason that that hadn't been done since Gale Sayers and Dick Butkus of the Chicago Bears. That is something that you see generationally. You don't see it very often. And for Chris right. Ballard to come in and, and deal with the kind of mess, the dysfunction that he had dealt with other than Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton and maybe a few others, Costanzo or you know, a few others. Um, it, it's, it's incredible. It's truly incredible. And I did say absolutely that it required patience. And I think that there were a lot of fans out there, uh, myself included, you know, four years ago, five years ago, I wasn't a journalist at the time and I didn't really have that kind of a perspective as I do now. I didn't really get it totally like maybe some, some fans uh, didn't. And I, I can understand it's something that, that takes patience. And as I mentioned, it, you have to be able to hit on all, all, mm-hmm. almost all 
uh, if not a large majority of your draft picks, because if not, then you then you put yourself back even further, right? Because if you don't hit on, look, you know, he's had an average of let's say, what is it, six, seven draft picks per draft, because we know he loves to trade back and trade down and acquire more picks. Yeah. If he hits on less than half of those, then you set yourself back further and further and further, and then you run into an issue. Um, regardless of how much cap space you have, regardless of the free agents that are out there. And Chris Ballard wasn't interested in paying the C.J. Mosley's and the Don Terry Poe's and the other big-name free agents that have been out there over the last couple of years because to him, he has a set value for those players, and if they don't meet that value one, they don't meet the team value, as in two, and then they don't meet the locker room value in three, he's not going to sign them because, as you mentioned, Cody – and as I mentioned, kind of going full, full circle here to what we've mentioned, you can't buy a locker room. And that's something mm-hmm. that we've certainly seen over the last four years. And it's turned out to pay major dividends for Chris Ballard and company. Yeah. And you highlighted those two all pros the Colts picked in 2018 back to back. They've also had some pretty good finds, you know, a little bit later in the draft. You know, you're looking at Braden Smith, probably the earliest guy um, of those kind of, you know, he's a later second round pick, but. You know, he's been a solid piece for the Colts at right tackle. And then you look at guys like Marlon Mack in the fourth round, Anthony Walker in the fifth round. You know, you, you think you got to think maybe even Kamoko Ture showed some flashes last year. And those are just the first two drafts alone. So Chris Ballard has certainly hit on a lot more of these draft picks that he missed. I would say historically, though, you know, looking at the drafts that Chris Ballard has had up to this point, probably the 2017 draft sticks out as his least successful draft, if you will, but not to say it's not a successful draft because the Colts have had plenty of players who have contributed, maybe not early on, but uh, maybe later on in the draft, the Colts have had guys who have contributed more, but I kind of wanted to to talk about something that you just briefly mentioned, Andrew, Chris Ballard has, you got to think about all the situations that Chris Ballard, you know, first off, he walked into an absolute disaster of a roster thinking about what Ryan Grixon had. I mean, two-star players and Jack Doyle and maybe another player, I don't even know, Adam Vinatieri, I guess. Like, really nothing in terms of what you're looking for in, in, in starting to rebuild a roster. I mean, he had to completely gut that entire roster from that 2016 season and basically fill it with all these free agents. Like, he delved more into free agency in 2017 I felt like because he just simply had to add guys and he had to because it was one of the worst rosters in the league. But then you kind of look at later on down the road, Chris Ballard, it seems like every single time he's, you know, he's done a fantastic job. I think we can both agree on that up to this point, but you look at it every single time. It seems like things are looking up for the Colts. Something absolutely insane happens. That is totally unpredictable. Something that you can't prepare for. And you think Josh McDaniels leaving the Colts at the altar you think uh, Edwin Jackson randomly, or Colts linebacker, dying in an accident. like, And then you think, you know, just more recently, Andrew Luck, your star quarterback, retiring a few weeks before the season. Like Chris Ballard, I think, out of all the GMs in the league, has had to deal with the most stuff coming in. It's been a major trial by fire for a guy like Chris Ballard. You know, coming in his first year, going 4-12, and quarterback retire, having to deal with a lot of things in between the lines. All in all, you kind of look at what Chris Ballard has done. You mentioned drafting two all pros, drafting some other key contributors to this roster. More recently, you know, acquiring all pro defensive tackle to force Buckner, drafting some studs last year on the defensive side. 
you know, some guys that could potentially break out this next year. Give me your overall thoughts. All those things considered, how would you evaluate Chris Ballard, Andrew? That's a great question, Cody. And I think when you, as you mentioned, when you look at the overall um, composure that Chris Ballard was able to hold while just completely reshaping the entire Colts locker room and the culture here in Indianapolis, really, uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. I think when you take everything into consideration, he comes in, he's got a complete dumpster fire of a roster to deal with. He's got, Mm -hmm. in 2017, that same season, he's got, his quarterback is injured, and there's all these questions about whether or not he's going to come back, and can he be healthy, and he's got to figure out a way to answer all these questions, and he's under intense pressure because if Andrew Luck doesn't come back healthy, then you've got all these other issues, and yada, yada, yada. To 2018, he drafts two All-Pros, Andrew Luck has perhaps one of the best seasons of his career and then retires and two weeks before the start of the season throws a complete curveball at Chris Ballard and the Colts organization. And I want to be clear, that's not an indictment on Luck by any means. That's just the choice that he made um, almost Mm -hmm. a year into that decision. Now that's just something that as as a fan, yeah, it's, it definitely stings, but it's, it's something that I've had to learn. I'm sure a lot of Colts fans have had to learn to cope with, but yeah, you have him that you know he retires, and then as you mentioned, um, prior to the hiring of Frank Reich in 2018, Josh McDaniels just decides that he doesn't want to join for whatever reason. You yeah. know, I think it worked out for the better because I think Frank Reich turned out to be much better than Josh McDaniels would have been mm-hmm. based on McDaniels' track record in Denver, and I don't even want to get into that. But anyways, given all of the circumstances that Chris Ballard has been given. He's done a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal job. I, I honestly, I would probably give his overall job as a GM thus far into his tenure a B plus to an A minus. Given everything that that he's endured, given everything that he's been put through, I mean, you couldn't, you can't ask for for a much better of a job than what Chris Ballard and and his scouting department as well. What they've done, they didn't flinch. Ballard and his scouting department didn't flinch when Luck retired, when Josh McDaniels said no, when Andrew Luck was hurt for the 2017 season and he was having to field all of these questions. They didn't flinch. They sat down. They, he collected himself and he calmly and strategically and gene, I don't think this is a word, but I'm going to say it anyway, geniusly put this Colts roster together to be competitive not just for possibly the upcoming 2020 season, but for years and years to come. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. You just look at all those situations. Like it is absolutely insane to me that the Colts are in such a good spot right now. I mean, you kind of look at it and I know it can go both ways last year. At one point, Andrew, the Colts had one of the best records in the league. Now I know obviously factors happened last year where the Colts did that backslide. They missed out on the playoffs, but they were competing with the best of the best. I mean, they beat the eventual Super Bowl champions. And so I think you got to credit Ballard and this scouting department and everything. Everything that has happened, I think overall it's got to be super encouraging just to see the Colts were still competitive in a lot of games. I mean, I think besides that New Orleans game last year, they were competitive in every single game. And that's all you can ask for, especially going from a top five quarterback to probably a top 25 quarterback in Jacoby Brissett, maybe even lower than that, depending on how much of a Jacoby Brissett stan you are. But overall, I would, yeah, I would agree. Chris Ballard, he's had a few misses. He's had a few guys where it's a little bit questionable. They haven't really made the biggest impact that you'd like. 
but he's also made up for it by getting guys that are just absolute studs in there and just getting guys that are just key contributors. You know, they're good, good players, solid players that you can build your roster around. Now, certainly I think now with Andrew Luck retiring, he's got to figure out, Chris Ballard obviously has to figure out the quarterback position now, which is just totally, you know, we'll see. I know he was in kind of, he wasn't there when the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, but he, he has been on record saying, you know, the Chiefs made a really good decision when they drafted Patrick Mahomes. So you got to think he knows kind of the, the traits that he wants to see in a quarterback. And obviously they took Jacob Eason. So it's kind of up in the air, whether he's their quarterback of the future or not, but all things considered, man, I, I agree with you. I, I would give Chris Ballard probably an A minus. I, you know, if, if none of this stuff happened, I'd probably be a little more harsh on him, honestly. But you got to think, if he has a guy like Andrew Luck under center, the Colts are probably one of the top teams in the AFC this, you know, last year and probably this coming year. So, yeah, I agree with you, Andrew. I'm just really thankful that a guy like Chris Ballard is in there at the GM position. I think a lot of Colts fans should be very understanding of what Chris Ballard has been dealt and how he has handled it. And like you mentioned, he hasn't flinched. Him and his scouting department have not flinched whenever unforeseen circumstances have come their way. They've had a plan B. They've rolled with it. And for the most part, they've been very, very successful. Maybe not record-wise, but you know, maybe this comes this next season because it seems like the Colts now have made some more improvements to their roster. It'll certainly be interesting to see. You know, this guy has a vision. Chris Ballard has a vision. He leads his team so well. Now it's about time we see the results on the field. I, I don't know how you feel about that, Andrew, but I feel like it's about time we see results. The fruits of Chris Ballard and company's labor over these f- past few years, I think it's about time that it comes to fruition. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Cody. I think three years, um, you look at, as we've mentioned, you know, a hundred times already by now, the just the incredible job that he and the scouting department have done um, over the last several years to put this kind of a roster together. And yes, the quarterback of the future is still a question mark, and that's still something that has yet to be figured out. But given everything that, um, as we mentioned, he's endured, I think he'll eventually figure that out. Um, and then you look at, you know, all the pieces that that he's finally been able to to, to gather and put together, and, and creating one of the top offensive lines, and what could possibly be one of the better defensive lines. I mean, yeah, do do mm-hmm. are they? Are they, are they the San Francisco 49ers or the New Orleans Saints or the Pittsburgh Steelers? Probably not. But are they darn good football players that can come in and be complete game changers? Absolutely. And I think that's why mm-hmm. Chris Ballard is is among one of the best, if not the best, general manager in football. I, I honestly yeah. wholeheartedly believe that. That's as about as unbiased as I'm going to sound or try and be Chris Ballard just given everything that we've talked about, I think he's tremendous. I think he's, like you said, Colts fans should be grateful that that Jim Irsay made the right decision in hiring Chris Ballard. Because I remember, I'll briefly mention this. I remember when the when Irsay rather decided that he was going to give both Gregson and Pagano what was it four or five year extensions, and I just yeah. I held my my head and my 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 arms for just a long time, and I just I couldn't I couldn't believe what I was reading. I was just in complete shock. 
you know, given mm-hmm. the amount of friction between the, the head coach and the GM at the time. And as you mentioned, Cody, record-wise, it hasn't really shown. Um, of course, the 10-6 and six season uh, from two years ago was with luck at the helm. And then other than that, you have 4-12 and 12 and 7-9 and, and nine to show for. But you got to remember the 4-12 and 12 was with the roster not anywhere close to where it's been. And then 7-9 and nine could have easily been 10-6 and six had it not been for some special team blunders and a couple other things as well. Jacobersetch and injury that certainly played a role. Um, into losing a couple games that the Colts probably should have won. And then yeah. when you look at, as you said, it's about time for, for everything to come into complete fruition. I, I agree. I think it's time. I think, you know, given the uh, other than the quarterback, as I mentioned, um, I think it's time for us to really see, you know, barring health and, and all sorts of other things that we can't really control. Um, I think it's time to see what what this roster is like, what this roster looks like with, you know, uh, a competitive, I don't want to say competent because that's, it can be insulting, but a much better quarterback than, than Jacoby Brissett. Cause let's just be honest, Jacoby Brissett for the first three games last year was really, really good. And then just completely tailed off. Um, that's just, that's just the truth of it. He wasn't good before the injury. He wasn't good afterwards. Um, and that's why the Colts brought in Phillip Rivers. And so it'll be interesting to see what, what, as you said, Cody, what is what Chris Ballard's roster reconstruction looks like both in 2020 and moving forward too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew, for kind of sharing your thoughts on this. I, I always enjoy these discussions, just looking at, you know, records and, and all stats and stuff. They don't always tell the full story. And so it's certainly good to to kind of see Chris Ballard now, you know, kind of look overall from an objective perspective. Hey, this guy, he has been phenomenal in everything that he's handled on and off the field. So well, I hope you guys enjoyed kind of this break in. I know we've been looking at the different Colts position groups, but we wanted to take a little bit of a break here, kind of talk about this this topic because I know that this is a topic that a lot of Colts fans probably want to hear. And so uh, we'd love for you to to leave us a like, leave us a comment, let us know your thoughts on Chris Ballard so far. What grade did you give Chris Ballard overall? Now year, year four, he's drafted four drafts now. What grade overall would you give Chris Ballard? Would you give him a B plus, A minus like us? Would you go higher? Would you go lower? Let us know in the comments. But for Andrew and myself, thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Colts.